podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Hey, yo, welcome back to the TMBA podcast. Hey, it's halfway through the year. And so a few days ago, Boss Man and I were hanging out and we decided it might make sense to take a look back at our 2020 goals, which we stated here on the pod and see how we're progressing. Now, as I'm sure you're aware, some things have happened that we didn't quite have in the plans. And so this episode is really all about flipping on the mic and taking a look at what we said and what we've stopped doing and what we've started doing, both in response to this coronavirus challenge, but also to the things that we've learned along the way of the first six months of the year. And again, sometimes I feel a little bit self-conscious about doing these episodes about our businesses, but you guys reach out to us and encourage us to do it. In fact, this particular episode, we almost thought about redoing it because it didn't really turn out into these like takeaways or thought nuggets or not, not everything has a ribbon on it. And the reality is like so many of you, we're just figuring this stuff out as we go. So pull up a stool and join the boss man and I at our virtual breakfast bar. Maybe I'll swoop in here and there to offer a, a little post-game reflection along the way. So let's get started. All right, we are back. Boss man, are you with me? We're back. Yes, I am. We are back. I'm excited. We're going to do an old school talk about our own businesses, a little bit of open kimono, a little bit of revisiting an episode we did back in January, Ian, where we laid out our plans for 2020. And, uh, <laughs> whoops. Whoa. Didn't see that <laughs> we didn't plan for any of this. In some ways, we did. In some ways, me and you are very much worst-case scenario thinkers. We're always thinking about protecting that downside, you know? I think that that's an important trait in an entrepreneur, is to protect that downside while exposing yourself to upside. So on that note, what we're going to do is take a look back at our goals for 2020 and take you through a little bit how the businesses we're working on, how they've changed. Oh, man, I'm so scared to hear what I said six months ago. Let's start off with a comment that you made, Ian, at the turn of the year. My take is that your idea of 2020 as a year of learning and not of earning has aged particularly well. So one point to you. We have this enormous opportunity in front of us if we're willing to adapt. You know, we rode the last recession out by designing a business that was somewhat recession-proof in the, in the sense that it was designed in that context of really focusing on the core elements of the business that would be robust. And all of us have that opportunity. If we serve our customers, if we're running a profitable business, that as we eventually come out of this recession, we are well-suited then to participate in that upside. Is it even a recession? I mean, stonks are up. <laughs> I'm not sure if it even is a recession, but you know, just listening to myself on the tape, I feel like 
you see these t- television shows, guys are in courtrooms. They're like, no, nah, I didn't say that. That wasn't me on that recording. It sounds a little bit like a, uh, like a cop-out, kind of. It's like, oh, man, I don't want to earn any money because that would mean like having to put skin in the game and talking to customers and things like this. So I just want to like point out that you know, part of me was probably trying to do a little copping out there. And I guess so let me just share a little bit of what I've learned in the last six months. And this is actually pertaining to uh, Dynamite Jobs, which is uh, one of the big initiatives that we have in the company right now. And one of the things I said to you a, a couple of days ago, Dan, is I'm not delegating nearly as much as I did in 2019. You know, we have a team at Dynamite Jobs that's doing great work for us. And I kind of had a tendency to like push off some of the work, especially if it was like new work. I like felt like I knew what the result was going to be from the work. So I was like, well, there's no point in me doing this. Like, what could I possibly learn? But one of the things I feel like I've done in the last six months is stepped up and kind of done some of this work that even if I claim to know what the outcome is, I'm getting into it and I'm learning things. The difference between like passive and active learning. And I feel like for me, 2019 was like a lot of passive learning. It was like, you know, have our team go out there, figure out what's going on and come back and then we can kind of distill it. The problem for me is that I wasn't actually getting the correct interpretation sometimes of what was actually going on in the marketplace and with our customers. And to no fault of our team, it was just like, I didn't have all the information. I wasn't sitting in the room. I couldn't quite evaluate the real scenario that was that was unfolding in front of us and so one of the changes i made in the last six months is to just actively get more involved in these conversations and i feel like that style of learning is great it's been great for me to get back into the game in that way even if i'm not the one that's executing on 100 percent of the things i feel like i need to be present for most of the conversations you know, one way you get real information about your market is you sometimes do things that don't make immediate sense. You dig in and you start to feel the information in your bones. Like I know something that's happening here. No one wrote a blog post about it. I figured something out about the world because I was, you know, working it, so to speak. And I think that's really cool. One of the related ideas I've had in my head about this time for us is like, look, there's not like a ton of fun stuff to do right now. <laughs> like a lot of our plane flights have been canceled. There's not a like public outdoor concerts, sort of the things you might do normally in the summer. And so now's like a really great time for us to prepare for the winter, to learn as much as we can about our markets so that maybe when when things change in the winter time, we can turn to more of an earning framework. So let's dig a little deeper then into some of the key projects that we pointed out we'd be working on in 2020. And the first is uh, Dynamite Deals. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. With Dynamite Deals. We just shut the thing down. So in the podcast, we said, look, we're going to do 20 great deals this year. And for reasons of focus, we just said, you know, this is off the table right now. First off, when, you know, coronavirus first hit boss man, like especially that first month there, I mean, the sorts of deals we had historically been pulling together didn't feel like super appropriate. Like people were just trying to figure out what the future is going to look like. So that kind of gave us a month away from deals at least. Well, yeah, and it's maybe it's perception versus reality. For us, for some reason, it just felt inappropriate to be like messaging people excited about these new products and these deals and things like that. Like it just felt inappropriate. The nation, the world was kind of hurting, right? And so it didn't feel like a great time for us to profit off that in a, in a weird way. 
Well, and the other thing that happened is that our DC offers, which happened in our private forum, the Dynamite Circle, they really took off because the membership understood the vibe of the moment and said, well, I'm going to start offering things for free. So I have an expertise, I have a knowledge, I have a product, I'm going to offer these things for free. And that really captured the spirit of the moment. And then you compare this to this public deals we have that are these big ticket services and stuff. And that made sense to me, the fact that there's going to be better DC offers. The other side of it is that, you know, we just try to figure out how we're going to allocate our team. You know, one thing that's really wonderful is we've been able to, our business is strong. We've been able to keep everybody on board. We really want to make sure people are focused on areas that they can make a big impact. And back to our learning versus earning thing, you know, I felt like we learned a lot about how to construct these deals, how to present them and the type of opportunity it was. But there was part of me that felt like, okay, well, I've learned that if we want to grow our business to this level, certainly creating a deal every other week is a decent way to do that. But it's also an enormous amount of work. And for me, waiting every other week for like a random deal to come up that only a few people can participate in, great way to make some money to add a revenue stream. But also like I didn't see the bigger potential for how that can fold into everything we're doing. Well, I'll give my my idea, Dan, about the uh, Dynamite deals, and I'll leave it as still an open opportunity. So, you know, I think everything that you're saying is true, and most of it had to do with focus. And I want to just say that the deal side, I think, was fairly successful. I mean, basically, we brought in over $100,000 in revenue, and we only launched, I think, less than 10 deals. So I think that there's definitely value there. We proved that because we put a, a buy now button and, and people participated in that. Now, that being said, I think the, the biggest problem for us, Dan, is just focus. We see an enormous opportunity with some of these other projects that we're working on, and we are a small team. So, you know, let's talk about like, would that site be successful if we kept running it? I'd say yes. Were we continuing to learn? I'd say yes. One of the things that we learned is that it's extremely hard to construct these deals. A lot of these people, that were offering products and services, they would come to us with like a half-baked offer, oftentimes even on their own site, right? So it's like, hey, I got this product. We kind of both recognize that it's an interesting product or service, but like they hadn't done the work on their own site to sell it. And that was part of the reason why they were coming to us. And I think in the beginning, we saw this as kind of an opportunity. It was like, well, we can help them work on their sales and marketing. And in the same time, we can get sales and profit from this. And then they can go back and have a better understanding of how to maybe market their product or service. So I think it's still a very cool business. And I think it still has a lot of potential. But for us, it was just a matter of like, man, we have really got to focus on what we think the larger opportunity is here. So I kind of want to like, you know, leave the door open a little bit, Dan, this is like the entrepreneurial me and like, maybe this is a mistake to do. But like, the idea is like there, it's been proven. Like, if somebody came in and we're like, Hey, Ian, hey, Dan, like, I'll run this thing for you. Like, you only have to talk to me for like an hour or two a week. I'll construct these deals on this stuff. I don't know. Would you take them up on that? Perhaps. You know, one of the things about deals is like, I just am obsessed with this idea of a really great dynamite deal is something that you can purchase and bring revenue into your business. And you really need to have a match made in heaven. Like, man, I don't have a content team, but I've proven the channel and here's a content provider and I plug them in and I make more money than I spend. And I love that idea. 
It's the idea that you can like go shopping for revenue for your business. And that's what I think people got most excited about with our most successful deals is like, hey, I'm going to click this button in like three months from now, I'm going to have a bunch of content. I'm going to have a bunch of traffic. I'm going to have a bunch of something that I didn't have to do that I just paid for. Yeah. And this is an idea that I think is totally rad. And I think it's the way business is moving. That as the companies continue to become more agile and sort of do more things with adjacent services as opposed to in-house, I think that this is the way business is moving. I don't necessarily think that you know delivering a deal every week or whatever is the best format to do that because again it require with services particularly it requires a very specific match between what you need and who's offering it. So right now I can brainstorm a little dynamite deal that I would love to see. I would love to see a proven passionate writer who says I'm willing to take on 3 clients right now and I'm going to basically do a sort of a book in a box for them. Because me and you, we've got one in the top drawer like normal. We have a, an amazing draft that's kind of shitty, but it has a lot of potential called the thousand day principle. I would love to see that book go out to the podcast audience and give them a chance to read our thoughts on the topic. Problem is, you know, we're not going to get that done here in the next few months. So that would be an awesome dynamite deal. So I do think that there is an opportunity for there to be a, a more platform approach where people interested in making money and doing work can raise their hand and you know you can hire them to say work for you. This book draft, I think we can talk about it uh, in another episode, but that's a real thing that you're working on. And then the dynamite deals thing. You know, if you want to email me about that, I think that that's cool. I would certainly entertain speaking to somebody about running that site, do not email me if it's just something that you think is cool. Email me if you have unique experience, expertise, or a vision. If you saw what we did the last year there, you think that we're onto something and you think that you can help and you can shoulder this project, I'd be interested to talk to you. Cool. Well, let's just get moving on to one of those things we've decided to focus our energy on, which is Dynamite Jobs. DJ. Dan, the other day we had a uh, we had a happy hour, 4 p.m. happy hour. Everybody showed up with their fizzy water and their beers. It was a happy hour with the team. That's right. We're in Google Meet, and all of a sudden it was like, bring, bring, and it was like a name I didn't recognize. I was like, mm, I, I'm pretty sure I know everybody on our team because they're fairly small. I was like, everybody's right about Zoom security. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just got a we just got a missed dial on a team call. What's up with that? So the, the you know it's black, it's ringing. I'm like, who is this person? And then all of a sudden, the camera comes on, and a dang alpaca is in the in the view. <laughs> I'm thinking, what is going on here? By the way, an alpaca is our our mascot over at Dynamite Jobs, and Alexander one of our team members invited this woman that runs an alpaca farm to come to the call. And I thought it was super cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Dynamite jobs. Look, this is a platform that's evolving really quickly, especially since the coronavirus, we saw an enormous uptick in terms of interest from people that want to work remote. And on the other side of it, companies, uh, you know, kind of froze up there for a month. And now we're seeing more and more companies that are seeing the opportunity right now to get amazing staff members on board. And so it's one of these things that's a little bit tough to judge, but you always said one of the things I like about Dynamite Jobs is this is a business that would work well in a recession as well. Yeah. <laughs> Your own tape saying that a few times. And certainly 
when we saw the greatest economic challenge in our lifetimes, that site didn't see it. It saw the opposite, which is uh, an increase in interest. And so, Dan, the second half of the year here, the DC Dynamite Circle, our membership community of entrepreneurs and Dynamite Jobs are our main focuses going totally. forward this year. Super pumped up about both. There's, a, there's been a lot of mixing and shaking up going inside of the DC too. The same goes with jobs. You know, Obviously, everybody's so woke to this remote thing. Welcome to the club 10 years later. <laughs> I I mean, it's almost annoying in a way, but I'm like very happy to be participating in it in a, in a more meaningful way, I think. You know, Dan, somebody reminded me the other day that we started Tropical Workforce, which was basically a version <laughs> of Dynamite Jobs like seven or eight years ago. Of course, it had a palm tree, which is the reason it failed. <laughs> but we were just too early on that. We were just too early. You know, we saw this thing and a couple of people got really interesting jobs from it, but I think we're just too early. This timing feels about right. And you know what? Our, our traffic and the number of people that are signing up, it looks like it's right too. So again, getting back to what I was saying early on in the show, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on the phone, Dan, talking to candidates as well as you are and understanding the real pain points of these people and trying to figure out how to help them get remote jobs because uh, this is not something that's going away. I'm just going to swoop in here to tell you that we completely went off the rails here. We don't have enough distance from some of these issues to talk about them effectively on the podcast. But I can tell you a story. A few weeks ago, the whole team got on the phone with a lot of, and we've been talking about on the podcast, how many candidates we have in our database. And we really wanted to put personas and faces and humans to these, you know, opt-ins or whatever, you know, on the internet, just, they're just opt-ins. But so we started getting on the phone with these candidates and I was just so impressed. I, I kind of had this idea like, man, all these people should have jobs, you know, but there's so much broken about the hiring process. And that's really the vision for Dynamite Jobs for the rest of 2020 is how can we make steps to fix what you can feel palpably from both the hiring side, which is most of the listeners of this show, and then from the candidate side, like nobody's happy. <laughs> you know, nobody's happy about how difficult it can be to find the right job or to find the right employee. And so the vision for the rest of 2020 is not only to build those opt-ins and traffic, which we've been doing, but also to start taking meaningful steps towards making the act of hiring a less frustrating process. And will it work? We don't know. You're going to have to stay tuned to see. I'd like to take a moment to talk about our very own remote jobs website, dynamitejobs.co. People are starting to catch on that remote hiring isn't just a luxury or something cool that tropical MBA folks talk about. It is a necessity. In fact, in mid-March, we saw job seeker traffic increase by 50%. Our inboxes have been overwhelmed by qualified candidates seeking to work for companies like yours. Now, we're working to help both sides of the aisle here. With candidates, we're sending out more recommended and targeted jobs, and we've recently launched a resume review service. For remote companies, we've recently launched a remote hiring guide and an application platform for reviewing candidates for your job listings. We've also allowed 100% of listeners of this podcast to post their first listing for free. 
And if you're looking to hire for an advanced technical or management role, we also have partnered with recruiters to help you get that done. Here's the reality for those of you looking to build your team or find your new normal. There's never been more candidates out there on the market looking to work for companies like ours. Check us out over at dynamitejobs.co. Each job is 100% open, remote, and paid, aka remote jobs that don't suck. Let us help you grow your remote team, dynamitejobs.co. Number three, boss man, and we've only got four. One of our big visions for 2020 was building a better team. Our team, from when we recorded this podcast to right now, has improved dramatically. And our payroll has remained more or less the same. And this is an opportunity that I think listeners can, can take away. We focused on this as a key initiative in 2020. If you want to have a great business, you need to have a great team. So what are some ways you can do that? Well, first off, we started off with me and you. And you know the team starts with the partnership at the core of it. And so what I decided to do was I would sleep on your couch for two months to improve our relationship. And I decided we'd make a gallon of margaritas every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I think is obvious to maybe some of the listeners of the show is that me and you have very different lifestyles. You know, I live out of a backpack. You have a family and a ranchette. So one of the ways I think we started to treat each other in the past few years is like, all right, well, you know, he's my partner. So like, here's his responsibilities and here's my responsibilities. And it's almost like a little bit of an employee mindset. And I don't, I don't think it was like always like that, but I think one of the things we really got on the same page about during those two months together was this like old school TMBA. Like, what do we really want to happen here? What are our emotional and financial goals? And What's a vision that we can really get on the same page about? And then that we can trust each other that the efforts being toiled for, which is incredibly difficult, as you all know, are in line with a collective vision. And going down a checklist of like, is this one in my category of responsibilities or whatever, might be a sign, I think at least it was in our case, that uh, we weren't treating our relationship with the priority it deserved. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And through these these conversations, I think it was, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, in retrospect, Dan, if it makes sense to like try and structure those types of conversations, because we had some pretty intense conversations about our relationship in the business, you know, and I feel like we weeded through a bunch of stuff that needed to be talked through. Now, is there like a format that that should happen like every six months or a year? I'm not sure. But I think that we both like kind of realized like, hey, we're at a bit of a junction, you know, it was like, uh, the business needs help. Our relationship needs help. We need to figure out how to like get through these issues so we can ultimately have a better team and a better business. And I think again, just through the pounds of salt, margarita mix, dirty dicks, margarita mix <laughs> and, and cheap Jose Cuervo, somehow we got through it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the reasons or how we got through it exactly, because it was a, it was really a concoction. Well, I'll say this, you know, it's like any relationship. You can divert yourself from the core problem by putting a lot of other things around it that are worthwhile to focus on as well, whether that's tasks or projects or this or that. 
But really, the core of the issue exists in the relationship, and starting there, I think, is a is a wonderful place. And so that's an injunction for listeners who, if you do feel that you know the charter of your business, whether it's you have an investor, a partner, or whatever it is, isn't going right, you know, you can decide to go try and solve that issue, or or maybe the fact that you're trying to solve issues around it is a symptom that you don't feel comfortable with the core. One of the other things, boss man, that the reasons our team has improved so much this year is that we've really been proactive about reaching out to smart people and being transparent with our business challenges and visions and trying to get them on board, at least in terms of mentorship, advice, guidance. This has been huge this year. So it's almost like you can build a board for your business, people that understand what you're doing for free because you know what's fun is talking to people about business yeah people love to participate in these conversations especially if they're right and you like implement something (laughs) that they uh, advise you to do i mean this is like one of the most fun things to do ever which is like mastermind with someone have them talk about their business and then see the results six months later not only because like you got to be a part of that conversation but most of the time you learn something from it too For me, it's enormously rewarding to be a part of other people's businesses in that way. Now, I'll say some people don't leverage this at all because I even have close friends with businesses that I'm of zero use to them because they they share about their business in such a way that I'm not really involved. You know, maybe I just know the sales figures and how good they're doing or how bad they're doing or whatever, but I'm not really ever brought in. And I think you'll be surprised if you ask people in a genuine, authentic way to truly help. And then you're making that commitment that you're going to show them the fruits of their labor. And that's what a mastermind is. And you can create them all across the board. I, I got to tell a story of you know someone who's been enormously influential in our business is Rob Walling. Congrats on the 500th episode over at Startups for the rest of us, Rob. And, you know, there's been questions about whether or not me and you should, should invest in our members' businesses. And of course, Rob runs Tiny Seed. And so we called him up and man, it was just invaluable to hear about his experience. I walked away with a bunch of takeaways, but two were number one, I don't think we're quite ready to be fund managers yet, boss man. I don't think we've quite earned our stripes enough just for that. But number two, that if you are running a SaaS business that's have some level of product market fit, I think joining Tiny Seed Accelerator would be an amazing deal. So that's just one shout out I want to give to. I think Rob's doing some, some really amazing work. And this isn't limited to Rob. We've had so many sorts of influences like this on us uh, in 2020. And one final shout out, boss man, is to DC members. I've been on the phone with handfuls of DC members this year talking about how to improve the community, how we can make that a better place for all of them. And we'll get to that in our next point. But this idea, we came in with a vision and I really feel like we've taken a lot of positive steps on this one, Bossman, on the team front. Ultimately, having a level of transparency around your business that enables you to be able to share the things that you're up to in a way that other people can participate is extremely powerful. Now, you know, meeting these people, understanding who these people are, knowing whether or not they and you can also benefit from that, 
It's very hard. I mean, a lot of the, the people that we're talking about that are, that are helping us this year, we've known for almost 10 years, if not longer. You know, a lot of these relationships, they take that long to mature. You know, Dan, uh, just as, as an aside point, you know, a lot of people have been pressing us second half of this year to do like uh, more virtual events. And I think we are doing some of that. But one of the things that after running a community for several years with you that I think that we understand better than most people is that these relationships most of the time are found and strengthened through in person. And I think that's part of the reason why I like resist this idea of like turning everything virtual is because it just doesn't work. The hallway track, which is basically where a lot of these deals get done at these conferences, it's not in front of a presentation, it's not in front of a stage, it's like where you're bumping into people, drinking coffee. That's where shit gets done. That's where you meet these people. There's so many virtues to in-person, but why do so many people fail at this, creating a board or a brain trust around their business? Well, it's because the internet makes it really easy to try and use people. And when you see somebody on the side of a computer screen or an email, it's like, I need something from them. One of the things that if you have a personal relationship with somebody, you're not going to get these kinds of mind shares if you're the type of person who needs them or is using them. And you won't be able to sustain the relationship. I think that's what I was getting at when I talked about authenticity earlier is like, yes, the information that these intelligent people give us is very useful, but if that were the reason we were calling them just to use their information, you know, you can't sustain a relationship like that. I think that's part of what makes in person so powerful is that you can really get a sense for whether you can work with somebody and whether they're going to be honest with you. And a lot of people that are ineffective at building the board, at building the brain share, at participating in masterminds, they tend to use it for a lower order outcome. Like, well, I'd really like to make a sale to this person, or I'd really like to feel validated about my business's success this week, or I'd really like to not be embarrassed in front of these people right now and hope that they include me as an entrepreneur because I'm struggling right now. And the tough part is, you know, to shed all that stuff and to say, I am going to connect authentically because I know that working with these people and getting their true thoughts on what's happening will in the long run be more valuable. All right. So number four, one of the things is done with the events getting canceled is our private forum has become a lot more important to us and people are spending more time on it. Sometimes there's problems like, you know, people are fearful. Sometimes conversations might get a little political and maybe distract us from the sort of the core aim of what we're trying to do, as well as, you know, our tech platform hasn't really been revisited for years. This is one of the things our, our members have encouraged us to take a look at. Like, let's freshen the place up here. Let's put a fresh coat of paint on it. You know, let's build for the future here because this community is going to be a part of that future. And so it's been awesome to like be on the phone with members and also challenging because it's like, well, you know, if you make that change, then it's like a, a game of pop a mole a little bit with technology, you know, like you push one down and another one comes up. Dan, I think this is just a, a cardinal example of uh, even you know you want something, even though you plan something, it doesn't always go as you want it to. You know, this year we came out of the gate saying in person is important, as important as ever. We got all these events lined up and then, you know, life happened yeah. <laughs> and it was completely out of our control. So it's like now how do we 
calibrate for that. And I think this is just, it's just a good lesson for us, Dan, as, as somebody that maybe we haven't been dragged through the dirt as much as uh, many other people out there. And this is one of the, the years where we are, you know, we have a business that was built on in person. Our revenues have plummeted because we haven't been able to run this arm of the business. And so for us, it's, it's honestly been a, a bit of a shake. And I'll say what, you got to appreciate like the dark humor of all this. You know, we get on the podcast and we just raise our hands as entrepreneurs and we're like, in-person is the future. We believe in in-person. We're putting it all down on in-person. And the world comes to us a few months later and says, look, those things that you do in your product that are critical, uh, we're going to need you to stop doing those. Okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> how, you've, uh, how you've made a living the last couple of years. Yeah. That's not going to work out too well. We make fun of it because look, we got to get through it. This has been a time, if I look through the membership and I'm on the phone with so many members, it's like people are on the one hand genuinely scared and lonely. Like a lot of us are just sort of haven't seen people for a while and it's easy for that to emotionally affect you negatively. On the other hand, the creative adaptations that I'm seeing are inspiring. Just people saying, you know what? Okay, my travel site went away. I got a plan. That's the camp that I want to fall in. I will have to mention though, because there is a big conversation around DCBKK and whether or not that's going to be able to happen. And I will say, you know, we're going to be working with our members on how and if, and that might even get executed if it's even possible. But the desire, you can see it is strong. I mean, people, they don't want to go to another virtual event. They want to see each other. And, you know, whether we're going to have to do it in a park somewhere or... (laughs) Call me stubborn, boss man. I'm still betting on in-person. Thank you for sticking around this far. Again, a little bit uh, self-conscious to post this one. It felt like Ian and I were just very much in the middle of all this. And, you know, I think there are concrete lessons that we're learning and connections and patterns we're seeing and the things that we're doing, but you know, maybe the year is just happening a little bit too fast for us to see everything right now. We certainly had fun getting our thoughts out on paper, so to speak. And we hope that maybe something we said today will inspire you to grow a better location, independent business and drop us a line. If, if uh, anything here resonated with you, or if you have a, a story of how you are coping in your business We read those emails, get inspired by them, and and come up with episodes in response to your thoughts. So we really, really appreciate it. That's it. As always, we'll be back next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.